0: Serving the great state of Montana, from the peaks of the Beartooths to the banks of the Clark Fork River, this is Montana Talks with Aaron
1: Flint. Oh man, old Johnny Jackson, uh, the lead source for today's show prep, he's got some great information. You know, sometimes you're scrolling through Twitter... And you're seeing our, our friend John Jackson, he joins us on Tuesday. You're seeing his tweets, and you're like, oh, man, that's some great information. Man, that's a great point. And then he shares something, and you're like, oh, man, what did I just see? Oh, what did he just, all right, uh, keep scrolling, keep scrolling, keep scrolling. But, uh, but man, today, yeah, he had some uh, very interesting information that he was sharing with some Montana stuff, with some national stuff. Uh, I'll get to that here in just a second. I'm trying to find my, my I'm go, I'm quickly uh shuffling through my stack of stuff here at the top of the show to just uh, uh get some of this information that I've been sharing here over the past uh hour or so or maybe late last night so uh, I could get that to the top here uh but first hey let's let's talk about the temperatures I I forgot to talk a little bit about the temperatures yesterday but then again you know uh, yesterday it was like okay it's cold yeah we got it it's cold out there do you really need a guy on the radio saying hey it's cold no, you walk outside and you're like, Oh man, it's cold. Oh, you know, it reminds me of Good Morning Vietnam when uh when when uh when uh when he takes the phone call. Hey, what's the weather like out there? Fool is hot. Man, what didn't you hear what I told it's hot outside. Same thing, fool is cold outside. Didn't you hear what we said? It's cold outside. We'll just but but here, I'm, I'm not just going to tell you it's cold. I'm going to tell you how cold. Temperatures across the state later this hour, we're going to chat with the National Weather Service office. Says, uh, I want to know, all right, who had the lowest low? Where was the coldest wind chill? Uh, where is it right now? Uh, where did it happen overnight? Uh, I saw some information via Twitter, but uh, let's just look at straight up temperatures, not even wind chills. Uh, Because I think, let's see, uh, wind chill, what did I see? I'll have to find it in my stack of tweets here. Um, But anyway, uh, let's just look at straight-up temperatures right now. Kalispell, 14 below. Missoula, 8 below. Butte, 17 below. 20 below zero in Anaconda and Deer Lodge. Bozeman, 18 below. 19 below in Dillon. 29 below zero in Cutbank. Cutbank, they just love to, to be the lowest one on, on the charts here from time to time. They're waiting on a Chinook, aren't they? Great Falls, 24 below zero. Haver, 22 below. Lewistown, 26 below zero. Same in Judith Gap. Winifred, uh, 24 below zero. Glasgow, 17 below zero. Uh, for Jim in Malta, it's 18 below zero. So, Jim, you beat Kelly in Glasgow. You got one degree colder on them, so you guys get to be the tough guys today. 22 below zero in Plentywood. Big Timber, 18 below. Only 12 below zero in Billings, uh, and some fresh snow. Uh, by the way, uh, Billings listeners, you got some fresh snow out there this morning. Uh, I mean, you, you could shovel it, uh, or you could wait till later to. To shovel it, man, might not be enough to really break out the snowblower, but depending on what part, of, uh, you know, part of the area you're in, Harlow, twenty-three below in Harlow, uh, seventeen below zero for for Nancy and Monty and the rest of the crew in Roundup. So that's just a snapshot. That's just the straight up temperatures. What about the wind chills? What about the wind chills? Uh, I know I saw something. Did I hear it's going to be close to 70 below zero with the wind chill and some? I think I heard that. I think I heard that. But we'll confirm. We've got the National Weather Service office joining us around 640. So let's get into the big uh, show prep from John Jackson, the Joker, after this.
2: Here is your Montana news with a scam alert. You may receive an email from the Montana Department of Transportation informing that you ran a red light. The incident was captured on camera and a ticket has been issued. But not to worry, you can pay the fine by clicking on the handy link provided. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a fraudulent email. Montana is one of a few states that prohibit by law the use of stoplight cameras to generate traffic tickets. This alone will alert you that the email is a fake. Another clue is the from address doesn't end in .gov. Now the address could have GOV in it, but it won't end in .gov. So if you receive such an email, you may blissfully delete it. And if you receive any emails that offer to pay online or demands immediate action, they are likely frauds. Call the actual agency to verify and send no money. You can find this story by Michelle Wolf at MontanaTalks.com. That's the Montana News Minute. I'm Travis Lee. Here's a look at your real weather for Billings and Bozeman. For today, a winter weather advisory continuing, and a wind chill advisory continues into the weekend for Bozeman. For today, we'll have some lingering snow showers ending early on, otherwise high temperatures only reaching up into the teens below zero. And for tonight, slight chance for some evening snow showers, lows to 25 to 30 below. And that's a look at your real weather on Montana Talks. I'm weatherology meteorologist Michael Caro.
0: Serving the great state of Montana. From the peaks of the Beartooths to the banks of the Clark Fork River. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint.
1: Oh yeah, I knew I sank it somewhere. I knew I I saw this somewhere. Uh, The National Weather Service office had a great falls. Uh, So you've got several National Weather Service offices that cover different parts of the state. The National Weather Service office out of Great Falls uh, sent this out about eight hours ago. This was eight hours ago, but we're going to check in with the National Weather Service office uh, here in about a half an hour, the the Billings office. But uh, some dangerous wind chills being observed tonight. This was last night, including 58 below zero at McDonald Pass where the ambient temperature has fallen to negative 29 as of 10 p.m. Uh, so that was just at 10 p.m. last night. Uh, 29 below zero was the, the ambient temperature, uh, but 58 below zero for the wind chills. I swear I saw something on Twitter that where they were, sug- they were suggesting that you could see wind chills as low as 70 below zero. I know I did see... Uh, something uh, also on Twitter where they're saying apparently it won't get above zero. Uh, uh, was it until Monday? Something like that? Now i got to go through. I, I, I shared probably too much information uh, via x.com, via Twitter earlier this morning, but you know, stuff will catch my eye. I'm doing show prep, getting ready for the show here, and I want to be able to go back and find it again, and sometimes just sharing it via x.com slash Aaron Flint. It's the easiest way to do it. Yeah, it was Jason Stiff, who I guess is a Uh, He's the new weather guy there uh, at uh, KTVQ Television. Uh, Now now I just clicked it and then lost it. Where was it at here? All right, hold on one second. Yeah, Uh, it's Thursday night, and it's below zero in Billings. It won't be above zero again until Monday afternoon. Stay warm, stay safe, Montana and Wyoming. So that's what he shared out. And, uh, yeah, I got that National Weather Service office, Great Falls, I could have sworn I saw something else. Somebody else had said something about about uh, seventy below, which was interesting because the Disney family in Libby, Montana, sent me a ZeroHedge.com story where it was talking about what they referred to as a polar vortex moving uh, moving south uh, from Canada, and that's what would would be delivering these frigid temperatures. And uh, in that piece, they 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 talked about, uh, you know, temperatures as low as 70 below zero with with the wind chill, et cetera. So it looks like we might actually uh, see uh, some of that here in Montana and across the region. By the way, they got me wondering, how cold is it going to be in Iowa? You know, Iowa, they've got the Iowa caucuses uh, uh, going on and, and we'll have the results, the big uh, presidential election results out of Iowa already next week. So how's the weather there?
3: Much of Iowa's been dealing with back-to-back snowstorms, and forecasters say this Monday, Caucus Day, it's going to get brutally cold. Is that going to keep some voters from getting out to the caucuses? I don't like this bitter cold. It's very dangerous. It would take a lot for us not to go. I think we'll go. But National Weather Service meteorologist Alexis Jimenez in Des Moines warns that Looking at wind chill forecasts, especially
2: in the morning hours, we're looking at minus 30 uh, for wind chills and not improving too much through the day and the evening hours.
3: And the Weather Service says those kinds of temperatures can produce frostbite in a matter of minutes. Till NATO, Fox News.
1: Yeah, they're looking at minus three. See, that's where we here in Montana get to say, ah, minus three, no big deal. Come on now, no big deal. You know, uh, so they're, they're wondering if that might in- impact some of the caucus turnout in the Iowa caucuses. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, th- I think good patriotic Americans will still show up at the polls, even if it's minus three. Uh, what I wonder about, though, are the, uh, the uh, community organizer activists, uh, you know, that are out there protesting in support of the Hamas terrorists or or now protesting in support of the Houthis. Uh, I wonder if they'll be out there in the three below zero. Uh, I mean, many of those protesters are getting paid. We just saw an article out of the Toronto Sun talking where they, they were reporting how they paid protesters out in the streets to protest Israel and protest in support of the Hamas terrorists and other Iranian-backed rebels. Uh, all right, let's get to the big story of the day. Um, I think I first saw this uh, uh, from our friend John Jackson via Twitter. Um, it's, a, it's a report from Bill Malusian with Fox News, who's been doing an incredible job covering this uh, invasion on our southern border. Uh, here you go. The Texas Military Department confirms that the Texas National Guard has seized control of Shelby Park in Eagle Pass, Texas. That's the city property where mass illegal crossings have been taking place. And the Texas military department, get this, is restricting the border patrol from accessing the area, saying that the feds, quote, perpetuate illegal crossings. This is the area where border patrol has been cutting Texas razor wire. Razor wire and fences are now deployed to block the area off from the public and the federal government. And so Bill Malusion and I shared this via X.com as well, Bill Malusion attached video from their crew on the ground uh, as they began blocking it off. Uh, the, uh, so anyway, uh, he says he reached out to the CBP and the Border Patrol in the sector uh, for comment uh, several hours before he, uh, he shared this, uh, this information via Twitter and uh, hadn't gotten a response yet. Uh, let's see, that came out, uh, that came out last night. Uh, last night and the video was from from yesterday morning apparently but uh but yeah john jackson shared that via twitter and said hey this is how it's done so basically what what you what it appears to be uh what appears to be happening here and i've got a full report on this that i'll share uh coming up after the farm and ranch report but what appears to be happening here is is the, the bottom line is clear is that joe biden and john tester are forcing the border patrol to go in and help the illegal aliens to break into this country so the texas uh military department is using the texas national guard to not only keep the illegals out but to keep the feds out as well who are who are inviting this invasion on our southern border so man uh yeah big story there big story there uh, plus, there's some other big stuff to talk about uh, uh, here this morning on the show. But um, but I, I've got a report that, that literally just got uh, this news report about that border situation just posted. I'll share it next. Since you're in America.
4: Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin remains hospitalized following prostate cancer surgery. And as his treatment continues, so do the questions as to why President Biden didn't know for several days the secretary was in the hospital. The Pentagon's Inspector General will now conduct a review of the situation separate from the internal review the department already announced. During a briefing Thursday, Pentagon Press Secretary Major General Patrick Ryder said the lack of notification did not equal a lack of operational oversight.
5: At all times, uh, national security was in good hands and either the secretary or the defense, uh, deputy defense secretary were at the helm. However, Ryder
4: admits the department has learned from the situation and Secretary Austin has committed
5: to doing better. Going forward, anytime there is a transfer of authority from the secretary to the deputy, that will include a rationale to include whether or not it's hospitalization.
4: Kevin Weston, Fox News.
1: Look out, old Mac is back. That's right, Mac Long, the director of the Montana Department of Transportation. He's going to be in the house with us for Friday's Montana Talks. We're going to cover all sorts of transportation topics, you name it. Plus, you can call in. If I I forget to ask a good question, well, you call in with your question. It's going to be better than mine anyway. Great program on Thursday. We had the CEO of this ammunition company that's setting up shop in Glendive. And now coming up Friday, statewide, 9 to 10, the head of DOT. Good morning, everybody. It's time
4: for your Daybreak Egg Report. I'm Russell Nemetz, and thanks for being with us here on the Western Egg Network. Well, the American Sheep Industry Association's annual convention is rolling on here in Denver, Colorado this week. And our coverage is sponsored this year by our friends at the American Lamb Board, inviting everyone to Lamb Summit 2024 in Moscow, Idaho, July 24th through the 26th, right there on the campus of the University of Idaho. Now, registration opens up on March 1, and for more information or to get signed up, just visit lambboard.com. Well, one of the groups meeting here at this year's ASI convention is the American Lamb Board. And Jeff Ebert is the new ALB chair out of St. George, Kansas, and says that there's a lot of positive things happening for both producers and consumers these days because of the Lamb Checkoff Program.
6: Yes, yes, we um, welcomed um, Catherine Harper from here in Colorado and Steve Breeding from Delaware to the Lamb Board. It's a 13-member board. Um, we had two retiring members, Peter Camino and, and Sally Scholl. Um, and, yeah, we, we had an excellent meeting yesterday. We, we met our new marketing team. Um, we had a young lady that retired, and, and we've got two on staff that, that are going to really um, help us keep, keep us out in the, in the um, media and in the, in the um, social media, the bloggers, um, influencers. Um, they went through a, a, an extensive presentation on that. And then we obviously not only promote land, but we also um, do a lot of research with um, different, different programs as well.
4: Now, for more information about the American Lamb Board and Lamb Checkoff-funded activities, you can jump online and visit lambboard.com. Stay with us. We'll have more ag news right after this. Ranchers, it's bull buying time, and Redland Angus is your source for range-cab, range-raised, aged advantage calvingese genetics. Saturday, January 20th, ninety-six of the thickest, easiest-flushing calvingese bulls you'll find anywhere sell at Buffalo Livestock, Buffalo, Wyoming. Remember, a ranch's profit all starts with a live calf. Sale time is 1 o'clock, also carried live on Northern Livestock Video. For more information visit redlandangus.com or check out their facebook page it's time to get registered for the montana farm bureau young farmers and ranchers leadership conference february 9th through the 11th at the northern hotel in billings this exciting event offers great speakers on precision agriculture mental health count nutrition investing advocacy and a whole lot more and the tour includes a low stress cattle handling clinic plus a visit to Swanky Roots and Safflower Technology. Enjoy dancing to Stolen Roan at the pub station. For all the details, hotel information, or to get registered, visit mfdf.org. Well, the USDA will begin accepting applications for the continuous Conservation Reserve Program sign-up starting today, January 12th. USDA's Farm Service Agency encourages agricultural producers and landowners interested in conservation opportunities for their land in exchange for yearly rental payments to consider the enrollment options available through continuous CRP, which also includes the Conservation Reserve Enhancement Program offered by FSA Partners. Additionally, Producers participating in CRP can apply to re enroll beginning January 12th if their contracts will, in fact, expire this year. As always, get more details at your local USDA service center. For the Western Egg Network, I'm Russell Nemitz.
0: Talking about the issues that matter to Montana. Statewide. This
1: is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, I found the other John Jackson joker from Twitter tweet. Uh, he made an, another really good point here that I want to share with you. Uh, You know, it's always good, you know, when when we can use a Montana source uh, talking about, uh, you know, some of the big national news. And obviously we're going to talk a lot about the Montana news on the show as well. But, uh, you know, hey, we're here all, all morning long. You want a mix. You want a mix of local, state and national news. And so we want to deliver that. And you want some commentary. And you want some, all right, no BS. Here's what's actually going on. And not the canned, fake, phony talking points that you hear from, from so many other outfits. Uh, so we try to deliver that. And hey, if, if you think we don't, well, then you can call in and uh, say it like it is. 406-294-0970. Uh, so first, before I get to the, to the next uh, story uh, that John Jackson was weighing in on, this is about the, the strikes on the Houthis in Yemen. I'll get to that one here in just a second. But first, back to this story out of Texas. Yeah, Texas getting the job done. Texas trying to secure this country. Texas working to secure our borders from this illegal invasion that is taking place right now. Uh, which many have called a treasonous invasion on our southern border. Here's the latest report from Fox News Radio that just filed just a few minutes ago. Texas officials
4: are using an emergency declaration to block federal border agents from entering that park. They've been using it as a holding facility for migrants over the past few weeks. Governor Abbott's office saying, quote, Texas is holding the line at our southern border with miles of additional razor
3: wire and anti-climb barriers to deter and repel the record high levels of illegal immigration invited by President Biden's reckless open border policies. Eagle Pass Mayor says city officials were not notified before the takeover. In fiscal year 2023, the Del Rio sector, where the park is located, reported nearly 400,000
4: migrant encounters. And so far this year, more than 80,000 encounters
1: yeah there you go texas getting the job done man we need you could have like a good soundtrack uh, i'd have to ask uh, john jackson what music would you play in the background for the soundtrack for texas getting the job down uh done down there uh yeah the, the biden administration no 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 they want the ability to go in they want the park to be open for the illegal invasion uh Uh, All right. uh, Let's get to another story here this morning. Uh, John Jackson made a great point. So he shared a story from the New York Post. Democrats fume after Biden orders Yemen airstrikes without congressional approval. They're calling this an unacceptable violation of the Constitution. Now, some of you may agree with with what the Democrats are saying there. You may say, yeah, so Joe Biden has ordered airstrikes inside of Yemen uh, and uh didn't get congressional approval to do so so I, I know Rand paul would agree uh so uh but on the on the flip side you've got uh, uh, republican congressman michael waltz out of pennsylvania saying hey better late than never we've got all these attacks on american troops coming from the houthi rebels in yemen and finally he allows them to do some sort of a response here but uh An Air Force general that was on Fox and Friends earlier this morning made some very good points. And John Jackson makes a good point as well. Uh, So uh, I'll try to cover it all right after this. News, MCJ Papa, U.S.-led coalition attacks
4: Houthi targets in Yemen. The militants say five people are dead, six are wounded, 100 precision missiles fired from the U.S. and U.K. forces slamming into at least 60 targets. Fox's Jackie Heinrich has President Biden's reaction.
3: He said that this was a direct response to at least 27 Houthi attacks on commercial shipping that have affected 50 nations with crews from more than 20 countries having been uh, taken hostage or threatened in acts of piracy. Oil prices surge. A wider conflict has the potential to decrease crude supplies by drawing producers Saudi Arabia and the UAE into the war. It could also create greater hazards for oil tanker shipments, and either one could send oil prices zooming higher.
4: Fox's Carmen Roberts, America's listening to Fox News.
1: Ooh, didn't I I tell you it's cold? It's cold outside. Uh, Talking about cold weather on the radio. Yeah, yeah, it's cold. It's cold. Uh, Tim and Savage sent us a message on the Montana Talks app. The fact that it is so cold is proof of global warming, and the only solution is an electric car. Uh, Thanks, uh, Tim and Savage, uh, for that joke to warm us up this morning. All right. Uh, the other big story here, John Jackson via Twitter talking about this New York Post story where uh, some Democrats are mad that Joe Biden finally did something about all these attacks on our troop and, and allowed uh, airstrikes in, uh, against the Houthi rebels that have shut down the shipping through the Red Sea that have been attacking uh, U.S. and, and other uh, uh, friendly uh, uh, vessels. Uh, the democrats are mad he didn't get congressional approval to do so anyway. John Jackson made a great point. Uh, this was uh, let's see, this was from 10 o'clock last night. The democrats are all good with Biden trying to spark up World War III in Ukraine, but responding to our troops being attacked, they can't have that, they cannot have that. That's I thought that was a very good point that he made there. Uh, let's see. Oh, now there's protests in front of the White House. The same phony, staged, anti-American protesters, anti-Israel protesters, many of whom are paid to get out in the streets and undermine American interests and, and undermine American foreign policy. Oh, yeah, they're banging their drums in front of the White House now. can't you just see and uh, more unfortunately smell the man bun wearing protesters the little the uppity white liberals banging their bongo drums their dad's back you know you know running some big fancy uh tech company or some big bank in san francisco but uh, but they're able to use daddy's money to go bang their bongos with their man buns and patchouli oil in front of the White House, or maybe somebody else is paying them to be out there. Uh, but uh, let's see. Uh, here's, here's another story from Fox News Radio talking about the uh, uh, the critics of the strikes in, in, uh, in Yemen.
3: President Biden, he has received some blowback from select members of his party. Progressive Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib wrote this, quote, POTUS is violating Article 1 of the Constitution by carrying out airstrikes in Yemen without congressional approval that was backed up by Democratic Congressman Ro Khanna, who also stated the president needs to come to Congress before launching a strike against the Houthis in Yemen and involving U.S. in another Middle East conflict. I will stand up for that, regardless of whether a Democrat or Republican is in the White House.
1: Now, now this general that was on Fox and Friends earlier this morning, I recognized his voice, recognized his name, uh, retired Air Force General Spalding. He was the, the DAT, the defense attaché in China, in the U.S. Embassy. And I had him on the show a few times back in 2019 and especially in 2020. That's right. Taking care of business. Tim and Savage recommended that as the Texas border soundtrack. (laughs) Taking care of business down in Texas. Uh, uh, Let's see. Oh, but this general made a great point. You know, we used to have somebody attacking the Houthis in Yemen and they paid for the bombs. We didn't have to. It was Saudi Arabia. But Joe Biden canceled that.
0: This is the Montana Economic Minute.
4: Let's put emotions aside and imagine a future where nuclear power was a viable option. What kinds of things would have to happen to make that a reality? The answer is just two simple words, lower costs. Construction cost overruns of nuclear plants are well known, but operating costs compared to conventional alternatives can be uncompetitive as well. Part of what drives those high costs is the technology and what it requires to make it work. Perhaps innovation can bring those down. But large measures driven by regulators' insistence, that any risk of accident is not tolerable, no matter how small. Other options are possible. Imagine building plants with no nuclear-specific safeguards, beyond, say, putting buffer zones around them in places where radiation from accidents would be un- unacceptably high. Imagine coming to terms with the fact that in a world with many such plants, some accidents would occasionally occur, where irrational fear were replaced with trade-offs and acceptable risk. I'm Patrick Barkey.
5: Brought to you by the University of Montana Bureau of Business and Economic Research.
3: I'm Ted Pergrim with the Speaker's Lobby. 2024 will hinge on key players in Congress. Let's start with House Speaker Mike Johnson. He's already facing pressure from conservatives over a spending deal. They're disappointed the package doesn't cut enough spending. But it's unclear if the Speaker is on the ropes, like former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan and Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer also bear watching. What will they do with impeachment? And if they don't impeach President Biden, was this duo just making a lot of noise? House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries very well could be Speaker of the House this time next year if Democrats flip control. But Jeffries is starting to see some fractures in his caucus between progressive pro-Palestinian Democrats and others who align themselves with Israel. How Jeffries wrestles with those divisions will test his leadership skills. In the Senate, will Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell return as the top Republican, either in the majority or the minority? And what if former President Trump wins? There's lots of antipathy between Mr. Trump and McConnell. And watch to see if McConnell has repeat of his health scares. With the Speaker's Lobby, Chad Pergram, Fox News.
1: Hey, from Hunter Biden's circus act on Capitol Hill to the presidential town hall with Trump on Fox News, Chris Christie dropping out of the race. There's been a lot of big news in the news this week, but we covered what I think is the most important story. Our wide open southern border, Montana Attorney General Austin Knutson testifying in support of the impeachment of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. I have his testimony, the full video and more. Go to MontanaTalks.com and, of course, full audio on our Montana Talks app as well. I can.
0: Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, Montana is talking here. This is Montana
1: Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, lots to talk about this morning on this show. I wanna to get to Greg Gutfeld a little bit later. Uh he He had the uh the Whoopi Goldberg comments from the view. Uh Whoopi Goldberg says Donald Trump he if he gets back in office he's gonna get rid of all the journalists and he's gonna get rid of all the gays uh, I mean for Pete's sake oh shes she's been off her rocker for some time now but Greg Gutfield uh, shared that and some other crazy stuff and had some funny stuff to say about it so want to get to that here at some point this morning and, and and then just real quickly before I get to our guest on the program real quickly yeah uh that that point that i made just before the break so uh general spalding uh retired air force general he was the the defense attache covering china for the u.s embassy there uh i mean he just made a a brilliant point so okay yeah finally we respond to these these attacks on commercial vessels and u.s navy ships in the red sea uh but you know what um we just spent what maybe nearly a hundred million dollars on these strikes, shared cost with the with the Brits. So thanks to our British friends, pour out a little tea for our British friends. Thank them for their for their support here as well, and their or the or main effort. I don't want to call them support, um, but you know what? Here's the deal. You know, Democrats even now are saying, "Well, he didn't have congressional approval for this." You know what? We, we used to have a a a Red Sea that was open commercial vessels that didn't have to sail, uh, sail south of the Cape for another 20, 30 extra days to deliver products in global shipping. You know, they could just cut through the Red Sea. And we used to have somebody else who would keep the Houthis in check, who were attacking the Houthis, so that the Houthis weren't uh, you know, able to, to launch attacks on, uh, I don't know, U.S. Com- commercial interests, U.S. military interests. And uh, uh, it was uh, Saudi Arabia. And it was under Donald Trump. And and, uh, and and not only that, but but Donald Trump was working with Saudi Arabia and and other Arab nations on these historic peace agreements. But instead, no, no, no. And, and this was the point that, that the, the great point that general that the general was making earlier this morning is that. But no, but to see, or I think actually kill Meade might have jumped in on this as well. Oh, but no, see, Joe Biden wanted to make Saudi Arabia a pariah. And why did you want to make him a pariah? Because. Because he wanted to attack Donald Trump. He, he wanted to undermine the successes of the Trump administration. So he had to attack Saudi Arabia and attack, uh, so that he could, he could undermine American foreign policy and undermine uh, the incredible gains that Donald Trump was delivering on the foreign policy front for, for world peace and <laughs> global trade and, I mean, you name it, right? But Joe Biden unraveled all of that. Unraveled all of that, so so yeah, so uh, but but finally, even though we haven't heard from the guy for three days, uh, and the secretary of defense is still sitting in a hospital somewhere, somebody authorized it. Apparently, he's you know fired off a letter allowing them to finally fire off some retaliatory strikes here All right, let's get into the weather man what are the coldest uh uh, you know uh, what are the coldest uh wind chill factors we've been seeing overnight what are some of the coldest temperatures across the state uh great to have joe lester with the national weather service office on the phone lines with us uh joe great to have you on the program this morning
6: yeah good to be here aaron
1: how are you hey i'm doing great well I'd, i'd imagine you've been on the overnight shift what have you been monitoring overnight
6: that's right. Well, we've been <laughs> to put it simply, watching the temperatures fall. Uh, as you mentioned, the wind chills out there are. This is easily the coldest air mass we've seen this winter, and this is a this is a significantly cold air mass. We've, we're seeing temperatures already anywhere from minus ten to minus twenty five, and wind chills colder than that. Uh, up towards Harleton, Judith Gap, wind chills are approaching minus sixty. Uh, Here in Billings, uh, minus 33. And basically everywhere east of the mountains, the east side, up towards Great Falls, Cut Bank, Billings, we're seeing wind chills anywhere from, say, minus 30 to minus 55 this morning.
1: Wow. And, uh, yeah, I think I saw from the Great Falls National Weather Service office, it was at Mm -hmm. 10 p.m. last night, uh, McDonald Pass had 58 below zero for the for the wind chill, and, and just the the ambient uh, air temperature alone was was 29 below zero. That was as of 10 p.m. last night.
6: Right. It's uh, yeah, definitely a cold air mass, and you know this is one that's deep enough. It's it's filling west of the divide, so places like you mentioned over towards Missoula, they're below zero. Kalispell's got some wind chills as cold as minus 45 currently. And so, you know, these cold air masses that slide down out of Canada, um, sometimes they just slide east of the mountains and sometimes they manage to spill over to the west. So this is a definitely a deep, cold, very expansive air mass.
1: I had to I had to kind of laugh earlier this morning. I was uh, making my I was I was making my sludge coffee this morning here in my eighty two coffee company, uh, uh, you know, veteran owned uh, coffee uh, French press deal here and and Mark Wilson, one of the breakfast flags, comes walking by. He's still wearing shorts, but he he wears shorts no matter how cold it gets. But we would not advise that for most folks because, as as Mark pointed out, he said, you know what? He said if I get if I get broke down on the side of the road, he said, "I'm screwed." I said, "Well, give us a call we'll we'll come bail you out but uh yeah <laughs> he says he, he doesn't have any pants that fit anymore, so he just wears shorts all the time.
6: yeah, I can relate my uh my youngest boy he he wears you know a hoodie as he goes to school, and I tell him that you know put some warm clothes, get a coat, pack gloves in your car. you don't have to wear them, just have them with you just in case and so yeah, if you're stubborn enough not to wear them, at least have them with
1: you. That's, that's what I've said to my kids because I get it. I was the same way when I was a kid, when it was 20 below zero, walking to school in Glasgow, Montana. And, you know, you didn't want to wear the hat, you didn't want to wear the gloves. But it's like, hey, especially, you know, for our, our kids that are now, you know, driving, it's like, just throw it in your car just so you have it, so you can grab it or somebody can throw it over you. If they need to, exactly. but yeah, because somebody will see it. They'll they'll still see some kid out there today. You know, it could be twenty below zero or whatever, and they'll be driving around and they'll have flip flops with white socks on for some reason. That's cool uh, for some reason. Exactly. So, yeah. What what else are you going to be? Mon- Apparently, this we're going to be stuck with this uh, below zero. It's it's not going to get above zero until uh, what Monday afternoon in parts of this state.
6: Yeah, and maybe not even till Tuesday. And this is just the leading edge of this cold air. It's this uh, the upcoming next couple nights for at least the east side here in Montana. The next couple nights are going to be the coldest nights. And just to give you a little uh, tidbit here, you know, Billings, the Billings Airport has not seen minus 30 since January of 1997. And there's a there's a chance it could happen tonight. Uh, forecasting minus 25. I I think minus 30 is definitely possible it's takes a combination of light winds and clearing skies which is not always easy but you know we could push minus 30 here i think some places are going to see over towards minus or over towards livingston Harleton, 40 and up towards north central northeast montana there's going to be places in the minus 40s so this is a serious
1: one for the first time in a long time, uh, those types of temperatures that, that you'd be tracking at the, at the airport in Billings, that's very interesting. Could yeah. it, could it yeah. affect airport operations or uh, have you heard of school closures uh, or maybe I should just solicit that from our listeners? Well, if anybody's tracking anything, send it our way via the app or call in?
6: Well, last I knew you know my, I do have a boy in high school, and he's going to school today or supposed to, but then there you know there's a weekend and Monday' is no school on Monday, so I guess we're kind of lucking out as far as timing
1: wise. That's right, because it's the yeah, Martin Luther today. King holiday on on right. Monday. That's right. So yeah, you know, and it's you know we can we can kind of joke and laugh about the cold temperatures for those of us that are in comfortable uh, you know heated office offices for our workday. But man, we got uh, we got rancher friends out there that are still got to check on animals and breaking up uh, breaking up ice so they can still access water. And and uh, so it's it's a real deal for a lot of folks.
6: Absolutely, and you know that's you brought up the other issue is you know we've had such a warm winter so far, a lot of open water and now we're bringing in the cold air like this that's going to freeze up pretty fast and so there's potential for some ice jams as those creeks start to freeze up and so that's something anyone living near any kind of waterway is going to want to keep an eye on for sure
1: that's right uh, about a minute or so to go here what else do you think folks need to know about or what else are you going to be keeping an eye on what's the day shift going to be uh, of uh, keeping an eye on or, or or what do you expect is is waiting them
6: well the, the main story is the cold and that's you know, it's, it's brutal cold. It's through the weekend. It's not just a one-day thing. It's going to take us through Monday. Now, there is a little light snow out there today, and we're going to see some more of that Sunday night into Monday. But the snow is not really the story. It's the cold air. And uh, it does look like once we get towards the middle part of next week, we will start to moderate some.
1: And then, so, so then once it moderates next week, do we get another warm stretch, or, do, or is that kind of a little bit of a, of, of a reprieve and then back to the severe cold?
6: Well, that's a good question. It it looks like we might see a decent chance of snow and maybe, you know, temps staying below normal towards the middle of next week. But I think once we get, you know, through the week towards the following weekend, then it does look like we're going to warm up and see temps back to normal, maybe above normal again.
1: But that's, but that's out there a ways yet. That's something we're still watching. All right. Well, thanks for, for watching all of this for us and keeping everybody updated because, yeah, there's real-world impacts for folks who are, are in the outdoor business and, and folks who are in farming and ranching. And, uh, yeah, very important work you're doing. Joe Lester with the National Weather Service, thanks uh, for your update this morning. Thanks for calling in. Great to have you on the program. Freedom Friday here with Montana Talks. Uh, the Family Foundation update after this
5: your morning espresso starts right here it's the sean hannity morning minute
2: they're only showing up because he and his lawyers are confident that joe biden's department of justice is not going to prosecute them otherwise there's no way they would have showed up now he doesn't want they make a big sting. oh we want to, we want this to be public it will be public after you go through the normal process like everybody else, of doing a closed-door deposition. And the White House would not comment or say whether they knew that Hunter was going to crash the hearing and insist, well, he's a private citizen who makes his own decisions. This is not a Hunter-Biden issue. Everyone thinks this is about Hunter. No, this is about Joe Biden. The fact that Hunter defied a congressional subpoena means he should be treated the same way people like Bannon and Navarro were treated. It's that simple.
5: The Sean Hannity Show from coast to coast later today.
0: Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com free. the smartest way to hire and right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free that's right free just go to this exclusive web address ziprecruiter.com slash free that's ziprecruiter.com slash free ziprecruiter.com slash free Glen Beck. I need you to understand the WEF is working on social justice and social control, social credit scores through ESG. That comes from the World Economic Forum. They're also looking for a net zero world, and to get there, we have to completely change our entire food system from seed to
2: fork. Wow, and we have to do that by 2030. The Glen Beck program. Weeknights starting at 7, right here on News Talk. Follow in this man's baby steps, and you too can give your debt-free scream! Dave Ramsey, each weeknight starting at 9, on News Talk 103.3 and AM 970 i love this song i love
5: nachos
2: loving everything you might be buzzed
5: you know what i'd love
2: a ride when
0: it's time to head out if you see a buzz warning sign call for a ride when it's time to go home
1: o-u-m-e
3: deodorant.com code naked
0: brought to you from the montana hot spring spas and saunas live well feel better studio Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, this is Montana Talks with
1: Aaron Flint. All right, let's jump right back into it here with Montana Talks. Yeah, I don't think we've gotten the legislative update in yet, but that's all right, because we got a ton of stuff we want to cover and, and get to you here. You, uh, some of this stuff we'd, we'd normally sneak in by now, but we got that great update from the National Weather Service office. So uh, so uh, let's get to some of these other big stories here real fast. Uh, whoopee! Whoopi Goldberg, <laughs> did, you, did you guys hear about this earlier in the week on The View? She said, you know, if Donald Trump is reelected, well, I, I don't need to rehash it for you. Let's just roll the soundbite for you. Greg Gutfeld on his program on Fox News last night shared the Whoopi comments and gave, <laughs> gave his reaction and more.
5: lefties flap their lips about a trump apocalypse donald trump is sending democrats into an existential panic over the very real possibility he could win the white house again that's not saying much of course because they're always in a panic and whoopi goldberg is here to say it's ours to lose i'm here to say it's ours to lose it is this country either you want it to work forward thinking, or you don't, or you want somebody who says, I'm going to be on day one, I'm going to be a dictator, who says it to you, tells you, I'm going to put you people away, I'm going to take all the journalists, I'm going to take all the gay folks, I'm going to move you all around and disappear you. If that's the country you want, you know who to vote for. You got that? Whoopi says, if Trump wins, he's getting rid of all the journalists and the gays. There goes half my staff. We don't have any journalists. (laughs) Meantime, radio host Charlamagne the God thinks President Biden has historically been, for lack of a better word, a elected official. But you know, Donald Trump would be the end of democracy as we know it. I think President Biden historically has been a, a lack of lack of a better word, a elected official. But you know, Donald Trump is the end of democracy as you we know. you have heard it so much because every time, you know, there's a Republican candidate, people say, Oh, it's the end of democracy, you know, uh, you know, like he's the two go so he's the antichrist. Like, but this is one of those times where, you know, it really actually positively is true. <laughs> You know, but if he's the God, he has no reason to fear the Antichrist. I don't get it. But to call Trump the Antichrist is excessive, at least while Dave Matthews still walks the earth. (laughs) Why?
1: (laughs) Anyway, the great great Greg Gutfeld last night on his program on Fox News. So he was just, he George Blackard's uh, here listening in before we kick off Freedom Friday here next hour. And he's just shaking his head loud. We both laughed as uh, like, like crazy the, the moment we heard Whoopi's remarks here. Right on John in, in Bozeman today sent us a couple of messages messages on our Montana Talks app. He says, I think Biden is slow walking the military uh, into these huge wars at the same time as the election so they can do the same tricks they did with COVID-19. Uh, He also added this. What a joke. Biden is slated to speak in Pennsylvania, touting all the good he has done in a positive economy he created. He has done nothing but tear down this country in too many ways. I hope they boo him off the stage. Uh, We are smarter than that. If, if, If we have anything in our wallets, it is dust. So, yeah, a couple of messages there from right on John uh in in bozeman this morning uh 406 the number for you uh freedom friday coming up with george blackard coming up in the seven o'clock hour hey i, I asked any of you if you know of any school closures out there i think the school district two schools and billings are still up and running and and the snow shouldn't be a, a big problem today it's just a light dusting of snow and and uh, thankfully it's so cold that the, the snow doesn't melt and then freeze and then cause slick roads i did get a message from our friends the disneys and libby Libby schools in Northwest Montana are closed today. They got so much snow, the plows can't keep up. Uh so yeah, Libby uh, Libby schools are closed today. Speaking of snow plows, we've got the Mac Long, the director of the Montana DOT, joining us in the 9 o'clock hour. And here's Heather with the weather.
4: Well, it's beautiful out there. Sunny and 75, almost a little chilly in the shade. Now, let's get a read on the inside of your car. It is hot. You've only been parked a short time and it's already 99 degrees in there. Let's not leave children in the back seat while running errands. It only takes a few minutes for their body temperatures to rise, and that could be fatal.
0: Cars get hot, fast, and can be deadly. Never leave a child in a car. A message from Nitsa and the ad council.